T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And happy Saturday and welcome in another Saturday morning talking baseball here on 670 The Score alongside Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito in for David Haw this week on Inside the Clubhouse. And Bruce, good morning. Another fun year and uh, sometime not so fun year for Chicago baseball as we uh, wrap up 2023. Well, Mike, at least we had an over uh, 500 team in baseball. So the Chicago Cubs, the only over 500 team in uh, Chicago sports. And that was something to almost celebrate. They just finished a game behind making the playoffs, which is a low bar to uh, put up there considering where uh, Chicago sports is, but nonetheless, uh, a good year for the Chicago Cubs, something to build on. Hopefully, although uh, our theme today, of course, is going into this show is, uh, who is your best Chicago player on both the South and North side in 2023 as we end up this year? And uh, where are the Chicago Cubs at battling their number one opponent right now, which is Scott Boros, not any of the <laughs> other 29 teams. So, nope. Nobody in the Central, just one of the agents. With that in mind, uh, you know we will delve into that at 312-644-6767. That's the number you can contact Mike and I at or text us at that number. And, uh, Mike, it's just uh, difficult to watch right now for a Chicago Cub fan, knowing that last year at this time uh, they had they had signed most of their free agents, okay? Yep. Uh, they already had Swanson in the mix. Uh, Taeyeon was also a, a Cub player at that time. Uh, so – from that perspective, a lot of Cub fans are frustrated and thinking that the Cubs will not be doing anything in 2024. And I'm I'm here to tell you that that's not going to be the case. They will be involved in getting something done. The question is, will they get the big fish in Cor- in, in in Bellinger? And uh, will some of the peripheral guys that Boros has, like Chapman? or Hoskins be a part of the mix. We are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And Bruce, we saw this uh, come out this week, and you and I were talking about it here. 
Uh, you've got, I believe it's 24 teams that have signed free agents, uh, another five that have made trades involving major league players, and the one inactive team thus thus far, and you just said that uh, we will certainly see some moves, but the one inactive team thus far in MLB is the Chicago Cubs. And I know, I, I think a lot of people surprised by the lack of activity from the Cubs. And uh, we talked about way back when, when we were talking at the beginning of free agency, Otani would uh, kind of set the market and then things would open up after that. But uh, really, the the big guys all going to the Dodgers, and there have been a few moves here and there, but there's still a lot of free agents out there. Yeah, there are a lot of free agents out there, but uh, the difference-making free agents is what we're talking about, Mike. So the Cubs, for their lineup, need slug, okay? They need OPS. They need somebody that's going to step in there. Now, that doesn't mean Christopher Morrell will not evolve into the next 40-100 guy in the National League and be an impact player for them. But uh, with with that uh, that unknown and the unknown about uh, whether uh, Pete Crow Armstrong is a everyday Major League center fielder, there is angst, and there's angst uh, at Wrigley Field. There's angst among Cub Nation. But, um, <clears throat> Mike, the reason that a guy like Reese Hoskins isn't uh, a part of the mix right now is because basically he's playing a position that Bellinger plays as well. So let's say the Cubs bring Bellinger back and they say, well, he's going to be our everyday first baseman, right? Mm -hmm. That means that we're going to give Pete Crow Armstrong a chance to be the center fielder. If Pete Crow Armstrong is not ready, then you have – Bellinger as your center fielder, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that precludes them going after Hoskins, probably in the mind of Scott Boros right now, and maybe the Cubs, that you're not going to bring on Hoskins before Bellinger if you have a chance to get Bellinger, okay? Uh, last week we had, or two weeks ago, we had, we had uh, Scott Boros on to talk to us about his free agents. And he talked a little bit about uh, Hoskins as you asked him a question. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a, a you know a knee a knee operation. I don't want to say for a guy who had three of them. I, I none of them are Sam, but he had a, a knee operation. He's he was fine. He came back and actually uh, he was going to potentially be added to the World Series roster of the Phillies if they if they kept advancing. So he uh, really got back to. Uh, a playing mark and is pretty much ready to go for the uh, for the 24 season. One year, 20 million with an option, something like Bellinger had last year with the uh, Chicago Cubs. Does that uh, make sense to you, Mike? Well, to me, first base is a glaring hole for the Cubs. Center field, at least you have the Crow Armstrong option there. First base, to me, is the Cubs' biggest need. Belly obviously hits both of those. But for me, Hoskins and the Cubs is the most logical fit out there. But then you point out, and again, if you're not thinking this in terms of exactly what you said, at least I wasn't thinking this. Well, gee, Boris represents both of those. Why would he sign Hoskins before he signs Bellinger? So that's that's the, the difficulty. And, and Michael Tackman and his uh, family are driving around Chicago going, <laughs> That's right. What... Blank, are you talking about? Uh, Michael Tuckman had a terrific year, and he's 
probably going to be an important player sure. for the Cubs as well. So as we look past him, which has been about his whole career, he was a really good player and made a big difference as a leadoff man for the Chicago Cubs. That's something that uh, people really don't pay enough attention to. But is he an everyday center fielder for you uh, as a left-handed hitter uh, on the team? Or is he a very nice uh, backup player off the bench who's done a terrific job? 312-644-6767 is our number. Your calls and your texts to that number. And right, exactly. With with Talkman, he did a great job for the Cubs filling in last year, batting at the top of the order, had a very nice stretch, made one of the plays of the season out there in St. Louis with that catch to end the game. Uh, to me, a very nice piece on the team, probably not your everyday starting center fielder, but certainly a guy that you would platoon out there you would DH some. You can rotate around as needed. Um, to, and that's where I said for first base, Hoskins makes a ton of sense. But as you mentioned, Boris is not going to, you know, cut off his his uh, what's what's the phrase? I'm Don't missing. say it, Mike. It'll be our last <laughs> day on the air. That's right. You know what I was going to say. He's he's not going to. Uh, harm his efforts to sign Bellinger by signing Hoskins ahead of them, right? No, it just doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't make sense for the Cubs either um, because it just takes away some of the off-season balance. I mean, the Cubs could sign him if he was a different, if he had a different agent. I just don't mm-hmm. think Boris is going to let that happen. Well, and you look at the free agent list and, and you know, going over the, the top free agent's out on the market still. Bellinger and Chapman, both represented by Boris. Blake Snell, represented by Boris. Jordan Montgomery, represented by Boris. Reese Hoskins, represented by Boris. I did not mention John, John. Heyman. Oh, no, I, he just never. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mention Josh Hader. I don't expect the Cubs to make a huge push for a, a 29-year-old closer at this point, but you get the picture, right? Boris is is the top agent in baseball. He has a lot of the best players in the game, and I just rattled off uh, the top of the remaining free agents, and they're all his clients. Look, so. and Boris is the best chess player among the agents out there because he has uh, done a few things right over the last 35 years, and that is uh, he, he has put together portfolios on these players he has made them uh, sound better than they are. And and he also represents some of the best players in the game. So yep. with that in mind, uh, he has been stealth about timing of not being afraid. In his mind, he talks to his players before they become free agents. And he says to them, Mike, you're not going to sign Christmas. You're not going to sign New Year's Day. You might not sign by February 1st. You're most likely going to sign a few days before spring training. But teams are going to be pushed to the wall at that time, and they will be giving us the best offer. My job is to represent you as where you want to go. Uh, My job is also to get you the most money in most years. I represent you as well as the Players Association and Players of the Future, so it's incumbent upon us to do the best job for you. And this is a message that he indelibly puts into the mind of his players. And they, for the most part, have always responded to this because ultimately 
he gets a lot of money for his players, whether it's short or long term. He has it figured out. Cubs fans, is this making you worried slash anxious? What are your feelings as we head into 2024 with the Cubs uh, sitting there? And I know they're not inactive. I'm saying inactive in terms of uh, transactions. They have not signed a major league player. They have not made a trade, but they're playing the game. They're playing along the free agency game with Scott Boris. 312-644-6767. Our guest today, I should mention on the show uh, at 9.30, we'll talk to Bob Nightingale from USA Today. We'll dive into some of the free agency, certainly some of the White Sox moves uh, that have come this week. Uh, and at 10 o'clock, we're very happy to be joined by Mark Leiter Jr., relief pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, had a huge 2023 and really a, one of the better stories on the Cubs in 2023. We'll talk to Mark at 10 o'clock. We'll talk to you until then at 312-644-6767. And uh, as we talk about Bellinger, and we had Boris on a few weeks ago, let's go back to this soundbite, too, of Scott Boris talking about Cody Bellinger and his free agency. Uh, we can't find that right now. Scott Boris on Bellinger. Well, as far as Cody goes, Bruce, I think you know that uh, he really enjoyed the city of Chicago, enjoyed being a Cub, and, and always these decisions really, really uh, tender on the idea that, uh, you know, wh- how competitive that ownership wants to be to acquire the best players, and I, uh, I hope for all of Chicago that, um, you know, the, uh, the Cubs are, uh, meet the competitive nature of, of the league to, uh, to, uh, you know, compete for the best players and have a good team for them. So that was Boris. He was on with us two weeks ago talking about, uh, you know, and of course he's going to build up his player when he knows after the year belly just had, you know, a top 10 MVP candidate in the National League, certainly the Cubs' best offensive player. And if not for the missed month that he had with that injury, you'd be talking about it. I mean, he already had a really good season. You'd have been talking about a monster season for Cody Bellinger. Well, that's the problem. Uh, injury and also in ineffective play the two previous years, okay? Yep. Not being able to work it out. The Dodgers uh, non-tendering him. They threw their hands up in the air. The potential has always been there for a rookie of the year and a former uh, MVP. So there's no doubt about that. The question is, if you're the Chicago Cubs, Jed Hoyer and people, they're sitting around saying, how much do we want to pay? Okay. How many years do we want to pay? And uh, how, how, how long is it going to take for Boros to get the idea that he's not going to get eight years for him? He's going to get five or six, mm-hmm. maybe with an opt-out after three so uh, what what do we do? Uh, do we do we make our first and only offer, or do we start playing the game? And they're clearly playing the game. And uh, they listen. Jed Hoyer has said all the right things about Bellinger, and and I know privately and during the season we talked to him about this, and we talked to Belly about it. I mean, there was a mutual admiration society. Everyone was very happy with Bellinger's season. Bellinger was very happy with his time with the Cubs. But now you get into a different realm, right? You get into the, all right, you know what? Let's talk Turkey here. You know, what what type of money and what type of years are you willing to guarantee us? The nice thing that I like about Bellinger, he plays multiple positions and defensively, 
even when you put him af- first after having him not play first for a while, he was in center the whole time. He, he made a difference out there with his glove. So the Cubs uh, metrics people weren't in love with Bellinger's season. Okay. I'm not saying Hoyer wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't saying the rest of the front office wasn't. The metrics people would and did tell the Chicago Cubs, hey, there's an awful lot of soft contact here. Okay. So the soft contact was created this way, Mike. Instead of strikeouts and instead of um, no contact or uh, foul balls, Bellinger developed the hitting technique along through the Cubs hitting people and his own baseball acumen to hit the ball to left field to choke up with two strikes Mm -hmm. and get base hits to left field. What would you rather have, Mike? A guy that makes hard contact and flies out or a guy that is savvy enough to increase his batting average back over 300, one of, what, eight or nine players in baseball, they hit 300 this year? Okay, and on top of that, the most RBI by any player in the second half of 2023 with uh, 68 RBIs from the All-Star game on. What would you rather have, somebody that the metrics people like or somebody that actually helped produce an awful lot of runs for him. I'm going to take the latter. That's me. You're telling me the metrics people would rather have him hit the ball harder and fly out because it's going to result in what? More home runs, more Yeah, more more home runs, more slug. So uh, with with that in mind, you know, you're caught in between eras here. Yep. You're caught in between the area era of slug, OPS and uh, now going back to uh, what used to be in baseball, home runs, RBIs, hitting balls in the gap, um, being a run producer. Uh, a lot of people in the metrics world that concentrate on that, and they're not wrong, say that uh, RBIs are a product of where you hit in a batting order, who hits around you. All things are factual, but some do it better than others. Sure. Bellinger did. He did it better than anybody in baseball, if you believe in the RBI. I I believe in what I watch, and and granted, I am on the uh, older side of uh, the baseball metrics, I would guess, in terms of you know the uh, analytics versus uh, what you're watching on the field. But I, watching the game, he made a huge difference on that team last year in producing runs. Uh, you can argue what you will about the slug. I liked what I saw from Cody Bellinger last year. 312-644-6767 is our number. Let's get a phone call or two in here uh, before we talk to Bob Nightingale. Let's start in Lombard talking with Phil about Cody Bellinger on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Phil, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, a couple of things and uh, a question is, uh, I just think Cody Bellinger makes such perfect sense for the Cubs. I mean, He's, you know, and, and I, I did like, I had no problem with the new Cody Bellinger last year. He, I think he was not only a two-way player, I'm going to say a three-way player because he ran the bases so well. Right. Um, my question is, do you, do you think any part of the negotiation has to do with, do you think he's like him or Boris are stuck on like what position he may play? Because, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I think, you know, first base, center field, and even down the road, he could he could move into a corner outfield position and probably, you know, would be like, again, defensively, he's he's a gem at, I think, any three of them positions. So I'm wondering, do you think any part of the, the, the negotiations, the sticking point is like maybe the Cubs have him plan to have him play first base and 
you know, they're saying, well, no, he needs to be paid as a center fielder, you know, uh, because because that's, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a gold glove center fielder. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And um, uh, th- that was kind of my question. Appreciate it, Phil. Well, Mike, uh, what I think, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, is uh, that Boris doesn't go into the uh, equation saying he needs to play first or center field. He has the luxury of saying he's an all-star, gold glove type player at either position, which makes him kind of a unicorn there. The the fact that he is so good at both, and you can argue one way or the other, right? I mean, he was gold glove caliber and center. He was as good a first baseman as as you've seen with the Cubs in a long period of time. I mean, as good as, was he as good as Rizzo at the top of his game? I'm not quite sure that, but he was he was so darn good, and it was so natural there. There weren't any lapses in, okay, I'm playing first today, and then all of a sudden he looks like a first baseman. He's playing center. He looks like a very good center fielder. So I don't think Boris, and again, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to Texter Phil. Uh, also said, please pronounce Scott Boris's name properly. It's not <laughs> Boros. Okay. Thank you. And uh, 312. Again, I don't think that comes up in the equation. I think it's the opposite. He can literally say you have an all-star gold glover at two different positions. What are you willing to pay? Yeah, to me, Belly was the best first baseman the Cubs had, and he was only put there out of necessity, right? He was a center fielder uh, to start the season and made a huge difference there in center field, right? And you just so happened to have options in center field, and you didn't have them at first base, and you needed to put him there uh, when he came back from injury, well, so. you, you had two two mistakes, you right. know, you, you right? Had, had Hosmer and Mancini that neither worked out. So, and, with that in mind, uh, he really saved their butt there as well. And and Matt Mervis and the jury is still out on Mervis. We'll see what happens in twenty twenty four. But obviously, his debut did not work out uh, as expected either. Uh, let's get one more call here in at three one two six four four six seven six seven. Talk a little White Sox with Mike on Inside the Clubhouse. Morning, Mike. Good morning, fellas. And uh, Bruce, you know, there's the old saying, don't confuse activity with accomplishment. If you, you know, you probably, you guys were made a mistake when you said the Cubs were the only team to sign a major league free agent. The White Sox have completed, uh, filled now a quarter of their roster with guys that you never heard of and shouldn't hear of. What are they doing, Bruce? 10 guys, 11 guys, other than Maldonado, have no business and we'll never play in the major leagues regularly. What are they trying to do? Uh, is Jerry Reinsdorf playing the role of Rachel Phelps in our favorite movie? Uh, I, I just can't figure it out. What do you think is doing? Well, what they're doing is they're trying to build a, an infrastructure of defense and pitching, okay? And and they're starting at a level that doesn't tell you they're going to win much of anything this year other than the fact that what they had last year certainly didn't work out. It wasn't a 101-loss team, but after they dumped out of everybody, Mike, that's what it turned into, okay? Yep. It wasn't a good team. It was, you know, 14 games under 500 after 21 games, and, you know, they never looked back from being bad. With that in mind, uh, they're trying to build some pitching, and they, they are trying to get some of the smartest, best catchers in baseball in Maldonado and Stassi to uh, help their young pitchers. They're basically building a pitching team that would probably be a triple uh, a team pitching wise 
for it growing into a good staff. And, and they have some options there. You know, you, you have you have pitching options in uh, Sorotka. You know, you have pitching options in um, Fetty, other people like that that are going to be on the staff. And we're going to talk yep. more White Sox after we go to the break as we uh, – Pick it up with Bob Nightingale as well of USA Today, talking more Sox and Cubs. Yep, we'll talk to Bob about the free agent signings from the White Sox and about free agency in general. We will do that next, and then Mark Leiter Jr. from the Cubs joins us at 10 o'clock. Before Chicago takes on Atlanta, tune in tomorrow from 9 to noon for the PNC Bank pregame show right here on 670 The Score, presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Join Zach Zaidman and Jim Schwantz as they'll get you set for the game PNC Bank, the official bank of the Chicago Bears. Then immediately following the game, we will have instant reaction from Zach and Jim on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. All of it can be heard here on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Inside the Clubhouse rolls on with Bob Nightingale from USA Today when we return here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I don't know if the message needed to be put out there, quite honestly, just because everyone knows how impactful Dylan Cease is in this league. And But, the you know, you have a certain threshold as an organization on the return uh, on someone like Dylan Cease. And, and if there's an opportunity to, to strengthen our club and plug some holes, which we need to do and continue to look for opportunities to do that, we, we have to consider that. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. Let's see what the Cubs and Sox are doing in the offseason on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Mike Esposito. In for David Haw today, that was Chris Getz, White Sox general manager, coming in talking about uh, potentially... Trading Dylan Cease, and uh, he certainly remains a hot commodity out there on the trade market. And to talk about the White Sox and Cease and everything going on in free agency, Bruce, we head on out to our guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. The award-winning columnist from USA Today, our friend Bob Nightingale, nice enough to pick up the phone on a Saturday morning, talk a little baseball. Bob, good morning. Happy New Year to you and your family. And 
I'm wondering how long Scott Boros is going to take to make a decision on some of his players. Do you have any idea? Well, I mean, this is uh, what Scott Boros' playbook. He doesn't get what he wants. He keeps waiting and waiting to see if somebody panics or, or you know, grabs a guy even in, in spring training. And we've seen that plenty of times. I mean, we saw that with the uh, Bryce Harper. saw that with Chris Bryant, you know, on and on. So, you know, obviously the market isn't what he thought for Bellinger. Uh, you know, the Cubs have more desire than anybody else. They don't want to pay over $200 million. So it's kind of a stare-down contest. Like, we're not paying this. We don't think anybody else will either. And nobody else is. I mean, I, I think Bellinger just falls in their lap, and we'll see what at what price. According to my reporting, and I wonder what yours shows, to the best of our knowledge, there has not been a solid long-term offer for Bellinger. And it looks like a Toronto, who was uh, one of the favorites for his services by uh, media people a couple weeks ago, are off the board. What, what are your reports? I don't think they're off the board, but they're just kind of hanging back. Like, okay, if he falls or laps, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take him. But we're not paying 200 or anything close to that. So I think they fully anticipate uh, the Cubs have a greater need for him. You know, same with the San Francisco Giants. They're just no other teams. Uh, you know, every team you talk to, they don't know who the real Cody Bellinger is. Is it, is it the guy who played so well for the Cubs last year? Or is it the guy who struggled so much the last three years with the Dodgers? Dodgers don't make too many mistakes. I mean, you saw what the Dodgers did, you know, even uh, rejuvenating uh, Jason Hayward and, and J.D. Martinez. So for the Dodgers to give up on them and, and really have, have uh, they don't really want them back, you know, people say, wait a minute now, if they feel this way, you know, what should we give up for them? And they're just, the jury's really out on on who Cody Bellinger is. Talking to Bob Nightingale from USA Today. And, Bob, we played a uh, Chris Getz soundbite uh, coming in. Uh, he was asked about uh, potentially trading Dylan Cease, and we, we've seen what the White Sox have been doing so far this offseason. Do you see the, the Cease trade as something that uh, will happen uh, eventually this offseason or is something that uh, may not happen? I think it eventually happens. I just think there's too, much, too big of a demand for starting pitching. And you do get two years of control for them. Uh, but they're not getting the offers they want so far. We'll see what happens. You know, the White Sox will tell you, hey, we can go in the season with the guy. We can trade him at the trade deadline if we want, or, you know, really want. You know, can trade him in the uh, you know, next off season. So they're not they're going to uh, wait for their asking price. You know, so they've talked, you know, a little bit with the Yankees, a little bit with the uh, Reds, the Dodgers, before they made their trade for Tyler Glass now but really haven't come close to being motivated to move him. I think they're just kind of waiting for someone to say, we really got to get this guy. Because right now, uh, you know, everything's been very quiet on him. I know they're waiting for someone to step up. And nobody has. Uh, when when it comes to Cease, uh, he hasn't missed a start since 2018, uh, Bob. On top of that, he was sixth in strikeouts, and uh, he had a bad year. Okay, with with all those numbers and the fact that he's only going to make eight million this year, probably ten or eleven next year, doesn't that make him likely still the best buy in baseball coming in if you're one of the contending teams? Yeah, I mean, you look at the uh, he's probably going to make maybe twenty five million dollars total the next two years. 
you know, and we just saw what the uh, Red Sox paid for Giolito, you know, who absolutely stunk last year. You know, giving him thirty-eight million dollars over over two years. Uh, you know, some people will say, "Well, look at the Dodgers; they just got glass now, and they got five years of control because they were able to lock him up to extension." With the uh, Cs, you only have him for two years. But you know, you got two years to, you know, have him say, "This is where I want to be." Uh, you know, Atlanta, and I, I I forgot to mention Atlanta. Atlanta's still in this thing too. Uh, they haven't made that big offer yet. But they could. I, I still think the team that would be most aggressive is Atlanta. They, you know, they got the prospects. You know, they don't have the same prospects as Cincinnati does, or or Baltimore does, or the Dodgers. But, you know, with the with Dodgers, but now the Dodgers are pretty much set. You know, with with uh, with Glass now there, of course, the Yamamoto. But I, I think they're going to be the most aggressive when push comes to shove. You know, Baltimore is a team that should make the move. Right? Right. They really should. They got a. They had so many prospects, they don't know what to do with them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we talked to Bob Nightingale here at USA Today, Bob, uh, we're talking about uh, White Sox and a, a potential trade of Dylan Cease. The Sox have made some moves. Uh, we heard from some uh, Sox fans in, uh, in our first segment of the show. Uh, they're not exactly uh, front-page news. Uh, they were not overwhelmed by the signings of Martin Maldonado, Tim Hill, and Chris Flexen. Uh, but there's a definite strategy, isn't there, that for what the White Sox are trying to do? Yeah, I think they're trying to put themselves in position to uh, be competitive, if not, you know, be a contender for the division in 2025. So, hey, they lost a lot of money last year. The tennis was, uh, you know, brutal. So they're not going to, uh, you know, they pretty much said from the get-go, they weren't going to be players in the big-time players in the uh, free agent market, try to get, uh, you know, lower guys like they have so far. I think the Maldonado signing was, was fabulous. And I say that just from being around the Astros a lot. Those guys love pitching to Maldonado. I mean, he was like an assistant manager out there. Uh, it was almost like a, a, a Yanni Molina. I'm not saying Yanni Molina's caliber, but that's what he was thought of in the clubhouse, on the field, and everything else. I think you're going to see a dramatic, dramatic difference between having Maldonado catch the team compared to uh, uh, Grandal. Do you understand the White Sox uh, fans' angst about a uh, rookie general manager and the fact that Nobody's going to pick the White Sox to uh, finish anywhere higher than fourth in their division going into the season. Oh, sure. I mean, every fan base wants their team to uh, be a contender and spend as much money as possible and go for it. But I think you have to be realistic. I mean, they tried that and it didn't work. I mean, their their window after uh, you know reloading there, rebuilding, you know, was only about a year and a half. Uh, so you know, once it didn't work. Uh, the last two years, it's time to, uh, you know, rebuild once again. And, and so, you know, not a dramatic rebuild. They're not trading away Louis Robert or anything like that. And they're, you know, they're lucky in the right division. But I think you make the right moves and, you know, maybe uh, go in a pre-agent market a year from now. You know, with the AL Central the way it is, you know, why can't you contend? Is Eloy Jimenez then a, a name that we should uh, look to see traded in the next few months, Bob? Well, I just there wasn't much um, market for him. I, I think uh, if he's traded, it won't be until the uh, All Star break or you know trade deadline at the end of July. Uh, I just don't think people you know want that at that you know uh, want him right now. So uh, yeah, I had not heard his name barely at all in, in trade talks. So I think he would have to be a, a midsummer midsummer move. Before we close out with you, Bob, the pitching market free agent wise. 
is led by Blake Snell, but we're we're not we're not hearing much about him. Is that a surprise to you, or the fact that he's only had really two high quality major league seasons in his career, where he pitched over 130 innings? Both of them happen to be Cy Young Award winning years. Does that convolute things for general managers looking at how long uh, that Boris and uh, the player are going to want and what they want to offer? Well, I think, you know, the fact he, what, he only pitched in the sixth inning three times last year. He's only pitched in two small markets. Uh, that's a huge factor. Like I know people keep writing about Philadelphia. They have no interest in, in, in Blake Snell. Uh, just like I'd be uh, stunned if Bellinger doesn't end up with the Cubs. I'd be stunned if San Francisco doesn't end up with Blake Snell. I think the big markets are, are afraid what would happen. Remember now, he was uh, he had a hard time adjusting going from Tampa Bay to San Diego. And that's San Diego, so you can imagine having him pitch in Philly, Boston, you know, New York, that sort of thing. That's why I think San Francisco would probably be a per- perfect spot for him. Last thing for me, Bob, uh, as we've talked a ton about Bellinger, what else, if anything, uh, do you expect the Cubs to do? We've mentioned Hoskins as well. What other names uh, would, would Cubs fans be wise to, to look at? Well, I think yeah, Hoskins is a uh, you know a great call there, Mike. I mean they uh, they want Alonzo. I, I do think Alonzo gets moved at some point because it's obvious they don't want to send to an extension, but they're not talking about him right now. But you know, uh, particularly the way it works is a lot of times if an agent has uh, a couple of guys, it's almost like some sort of package deal. Like okay, if you want to step up for Hoskins, you know, here's, here's what we'll give you for a uh, you know Bellinger too. So I could easily see that working with with the uh, Scott Morris being the agent for both guys because uh, you've seen it over and over and over again. You know, it's like Joe Wolf and Yamamoto. Well, Joe Wolf's got a great relationship too with the Dodgers, and you saw him call out Brian Cashman during the off season. Those those things play a factor. Uh, last one, uh, Marcus Stroman. We're not hearing is is he going to have to just wait until uh, a few more of these. Uh, higher profile pitchers like Snell signed. Uh, we saw the Giolito signing yesterday, which was pretty shocking to me for a guy that had really two bad years in a row and gave up 41 home runs last year. Uh, I'm a big Lucas Giolito fan from the perspective of the person. He's one of the best you'll ever meet, but the reality of the uh, high fastball and the uh, high changeup going out of the ballpark, you know, it's uh Kind of mind-boggling to get a uh, two-year guarantee. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, you have the uh, you know he's got to opt after one year. He thinks he can prove himself, but I think it's also uh, uh, a first-year GM in a fan base that's getting very angry uh, for how bad they've been, and then they're not spending money. So I think they had to overspend to to get him to come there, and uh, you know they'll try to fix him. I mean, obviously it didn't work with the uh, White Sox. And uh, just got worse with the Angels and then Cleveland. So, you know, now he's in a uh, a market. You better pitch well in spring training or then he's booing you on opening day. You know, that that sort of thing. So, yeah, with, with Stroman, you know, I'm sure Stroman's sitting back and saying, wait a minute now, if Giulio's getting $38 million over two years, you know, I was smart to opt out. I should get, you know, three years and, you know, maybe close to what uh, he originally signed for with the Cubs. So I, I think with him – he sits back and waits till until uh, Snell signs and then maybe hits the mark and then uh, says, okay, I'm ready to sign. Bob, happy new year. Thanks for uh, helping us out 
making us sound uh, smart today on a uh, Saturday morning. All the best to you, and we will talk to you soon. Hopefully, we'll see a flurry of uh, free agents and two or three of them signing with the Chicago Cubs before spring training. Yeah, it's been a slow winter, but yeah, you, you know, guys start to panic too. You know, families say, "Wait a minute, now where am I going to spend the summer?" Uh, kids got to enroll in school, spring training, housing, everything else. So yeah, I think you'll see a flurry of stuff happening here in the first couple weeks after January. Thanks again. Have a great New Year, Bob. You too, Bruce. See you, Mike. See you. That's Bob Nightingale, USA Today. We always enjoyed talking baseball and free agency with Bob when we return. Our Chicago-bound segment, Bruce, and we will uh, look at another Japanese pitcher. We'll do that when we return. Mark Leiter Jr. at the top of the next hour. It's Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, and for David today, this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm going to tell you something that you all should know. Chicago is the greatest place I ever know. I'm going to stay in this town. The Cubs and Sox are off for the winter, but inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion now. Inside the clubhouse takes a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore. Will they trade for a top pitcher or player? Is free agency the way the North and South Siders go? You help them make the call. 312-644-6767. And on our Chicago-bound segment here on Inside the Clubhouse, we take a look at yet another Japanese free agent uh, with Otani and Yamamoto both off the board, both with the Los Angeles Dodgers. An intriguing name for the Cubs, Bruce, and that is uh, the one of the 30-year-old Southpaw Coming over from the Nippon Professional Baseball League, Shota Imanaga. A uh, veteran pitcher, left-hander, throws 92 or 93, which means he probably tops out at that and usually throws a 91 right around there. Five different pitches, a uh, very savvy pitcher who's been successful, was on the mound for Team Japan when they won the WBC last year. Uh, well thought of, but again, the price is considered to be high at this point. Uh, the one caveat here that people have to pay attention to is if he doesn't sign by January 11th, which is not so far away now, less right. than two weeks, that means he has to go back to Japan. They have to post uh, you know, him, and uh, posting is up January 11th. Uh, whoever signs him will have to pay a posting fee like they did in Yamamoto. Uh, but again, the reality of him getting the money that he wants as opposed to what it's going to be, Mike, uh, that has to happen in the next two weeks. Yeah, and, and he's a different uh, pitcher than Yamamoto. He's five years older. He's left-handed. He's a lot smaller size-wise. He's a shorter 
uh, type pitcher. I've seen him referred to as more of a middle of the rotation kind of guy. Uh, last year in Japan, seven and five, two six six ERA, one point zero two on the WHIP. Not exactly a huge power strikeout guy. You mentioned tops out in the in the low nineties. So doesn't walk anybody. He's a con- I think exactly. He walked twenty four guys. He's a control pitcher. The WHIP is very low. He's going to give you a professional outing. So. As we talk about uh, the name of our segment, Chicago Bound, is is he a guy, Bruce, that you think uh, realistically is Chicago Bound or can be Chicago Bound at the right price? Well, the Cubs are have been kicking the tires, Mike. And um, with that in mind, uh, that means that they're interested. Again, is it a five-year deal he's looking for? Is it a three-year deal he'll settle for at somewhere between 18 and 22, 23 million. Uh, Would that be sufficient to get him or is the pitching market going to be so weak here that um, people are going to overpay? Again, he does not have the luxury of waiting this out. He only has two weeks to sign. So push comes to shove here. I think we're going to know about the Cubs being involved in this in the next week, and they certainly have been as far as talking to the agent and trying to figure it out. And when you look at the Cubs right now, Stroman obviously opted out. He's a free agent. You've got Steele, Hendricks, and Tyone that you can definitely uh, mark in your rotation at this point. And you have options, right? You've got the uh, uh, Assads of the world that that started for you at times last year, although Assad has pitched in in many different roles, you know, what happens with Wicks, a guy we saw last year. The Cubs have options. Do they spend the money? Do they go after a guy like Shota Imanaga uh, to help out that rotation? Yeah, I think they'd like to. You know, pitching depth is something that Hoyer talks about more than most general managers. And his goal is to have, you know, seven, eight deep. He's got Horton coming. He's got Brown coming. Power arms. So, can they afford the luxury of them signing another contact pitcher again in a in a um, league where it's not as forgiving uh, with the home run ball? So from that perspective, uh, you have to look at them and say, well, they believe in the changeup, they believe in the slider, they believe in the ground ball rate. They're going to make a run at him. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Owen Emmett, everyone else on hold. We ask you to be patient and please hang on because coming up next, we're going to talk to Cubs reliever Mark Leiter Jr. We'd love to take your calls after we talk to Mark, but we'll talk to one of the Cubs' best relievers of 2023. We'll talk to him next when we return on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.